I'm Tracy Sable. Tonight on EWTN News Nightly, terror attack. The world reacts to the bloodshed and declaration of war in Israel. We have team coverage. Deadly quake. At least 2,000 people have died in a devastating earthquake in Afghanistan. Migration crisis. The mayor of New York City is among those addressing the situation at the U.S. border. And the Lord of Miracles. A closer look at a traditional religious ceremony in Peru. These stories and more tonight. From EWTN, the Global Catholic Network, this is EWTN News Nightly. Thank you for being with us on the feast of St. John Henry Newman. We begin with violence in the Middle East and Israel's deadly response to the weakened attack by Hamas. Warning sirens blare in Jerusalem and across Israel as the country endures multiple rocket attacks from Gaza. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said today the retaliation against Hamas has only just begun. The Israeli Defense Forces says that it has attacked 130 Hamas targets in Gaza with airstrikes in a three-hour span. They also ordered a complete siege of the Gaza Strip, cutting off food, fuel, electricity and water supplies. The war began on Saturday when Hamas launched a surprise assault in which more than 700 people were killed. Joining us now from Jerusalem is Andrew Dorn, senior research fellow with the Philos Project and a former State Department official. Andrew, thank you so much. We appreciate you taking the time for us. If you would, tell us what the situation is like right now in Israel and especially where you are. Thank you, Tracy. Well, there's a uh... It's certainly uh, a mix among the Israelis of resilience, trauma, uh, determination. Um, you can really see the full spectrum of emotions um, on display when you talk to Israelis. Um, the number of reservists that were called up so quickly uh, and who reported so quickly meant that many had left without uh, sufficient numbers of uniforms, uh, things like toothpaste. Uh, and so uh, Israelis are, um, in, in very typical Israeli fashion, uh, rallying to get the uh, reservists everything that they may need. Uh, the army is fully mobilizing for war. You'd be hard-pressed to find um, an Israeli who doesn't have, some, in some cases, multiple family members um, deployed. So I have a, a Lebanese Maronite uh, Catholic friend who lives in the north. She's a mother of three. She is. Uh, she lives very close to the Lebanese border, where Hezbollah is, um, of course, an extremely serious threat, far more than Hamas, in terms of the damage they could inflict. She's an Israeli reservist who's called up and on duty. Her son is in an elite IDF uh, unit in the south of uh, Israel and uh, is deployed very close to Gaza. Um, that's just one Israeli family. Andrew, uh, we have seen really just some horrific images coming out of Israel. That said, um, tell us a little bit more about how people are feeling and what is the biggest concern? I think this was a shock. If you, if you look at um, numerically the, how many Israelis were murdered and, of course, how they were murdered, um, this is an order of magnitude so far beyond something like 9-11 that um, we can imagine. And those of us who were alive, we remember 9-11. We remember uh, how Americans suddenly felt vulnerable. Israelis 
uh, felt the same way. There was a great deal of shock that this could happen. Um, and of course, it happened not just on Shabbat. Um, it happened on a, on a holy day uh, for Israelis. And so uh, I, I think there was a sense of uh, shock. Um, it, it's also a, a profound trauma. And this generation of uh, Israelis who may have grown up uh, with any sense of idealism, uh, hopes for peace, that's really been dashed. And I think Israeli, many Israelis think because 20% uh, of Israel is Palestinian. Uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find an Israeli who does not know or work with or uh, live near a Palestinian in some instances. Uh, so there's that sense of betrayal and suspicion as well. Yeah, Andrew, we're praying for all of you over there right now. God bless you, and thank you for taking the time to speak with us. We appreciate it. Thank you, Tracy. Pope Francis is among the world leaders weighing in on the situation. He is calling for an end to the violence in Israel and Gaza, adding that war and terrorism do not solve anything. During his Sunday Angelus address at the Vatican, the Holy Father said that war and terrorism are never solutions. They only lead to the death of suffering of many innocent people. And a 2015 statement from Archbishop Bernadetto Azzo, then permanent observer to the United Nations, made the Catholic Church's stance very clear. The Holy See's condemnation of terrorism is absolute. There are no ideological, political, philosophical, racial, ethnic, or religious reasons to justify or excuse it. Terrorism violates fundamental human dignity and rights, the terrorists' disdain for life and fundamental freedoms, their unspeakable crimes against women and girls, and their utter barbarity of their acts cannot leave us indifferent. Our President Joe Biden pledges support for Israel. He has been reaching out to the country's president and prime minister, and now the U.S. military is sending a large force to the region. White House correspondent Owen Jensen reports. Owen. Tracy, the White House describes this past weekend's horrendous attack as an unprecedented and appalling assault by Hamas terrorists. Now, right now, the number of dead on both sides around 1,600 and climbing, Americans among the victims. Soon after the horrific images of the Hamas assault on Israel captured the world's attention, President Joe Biden made the U.S. position clear. In this moment of tragedy, I want to say to them and to the world and to terrorists everywhere, but the United States stands with Israel. We will not ever fail to have their back. President Biden says Israel has the right to defend itself, and he has a warning for other countries. Let me say this as clearly as I can. This is not a moment for any party hostile to Israel to exploit these attacks to seek advantage. The world is watching. State Department spokesman Matthew Miller says the U.S. is doing what it can to help Americans overseas in Israel. In addition to nine Americans killed, an undetermined number of American citizens remains unaccounted for. It's not clear whether they have been taken hostage, were killed, 
or in hiding. We are in close contact with the uh, government of Israel as they continue to conduct security operations to, to locate uh, missing U.S. citizens, missing uh, Israeli citizens. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin ordered a carrier strike group to sail to the eastern Mediterranean to be ready to assist Israel. Still, there are concerns the war could widen, the U.S. trying to deter any regional expansion of the conflict. There are really two paths for the, uh, for the region. Uh, one is a path of uh, much greater integration, much greater stability, or the path that Hamas is engaged in, a path of terror, of wreaking havoc in people's lives. Now, President Biden had no on-camera events scheduled for today. He did meet this morning with members of his national security team, as well as the Secretary of State. He was also scheduled to speak today with several close allies regarding the latest developments in Israel. At the White House, Owen Jensen, EWTN News Nightly. Our lawmakers on Capitol Hill were swift to react to Hamas's attack on Israel, condemning the aggression that has killed hundreds. Some Republicans are blaming Biden administration policies for the attacks, but right now Congress's hands are tied from getting involved. Capitol Hill correspondent Eric Rosales joins us now with more. Eric. Well, good evening, Tracy. That is what is interesting about the timing of this attack. There is very little on what the U.S. Congress can do to aid Israel right now. The U.S. House does remain without a speaker, and the Senate is currently out of session this week. However, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer was leading a group of lawmakers in, on a trip to China, and he immediately condemned the attacks. The ongoing events in Israel over the past few days are horrific. I urge you and the Chinese people to stand with the Israeli people and condemn these cowardly and vicious attacks. While the Biden administration says it is standing up for Israel, Republicans claim the president's Middle East policies are to blame. Claims are being made that Hamas used American weapons and technology left behind in Afghanistan to carry out the attack. Plus, uh, it's despicable what the Biden administration did by giving $6 billion uh, to Iran. And now look what's happening with Hamas. Uh, hundreds of Israelis have lost their lives. Uh, we have Israelis that are captured. We have Israelis that have been just treated uh, horribly. Democratic Senator Cory Booker was in Jerusalem for a security conference at the time of the coordinated attacks. He recounted what it was like being in a bomb shelter. Frightened faces. There were children and elderly families, many Americans. There was a sense of fear and worry and a knowledge to many of us that there were horrific things going on around the country at that time. Senator Booker is now back on U.S. soil. The chairman of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, Congressman Michael McCall, says it's going to be a long war and doesn't want it to escalate. And I've seen indications that the Taliban uh, wants to come to liberate Jerusalem, in their words, um, to fight the Zionists. Uh, it's very concerning. And, you know, uh, Hezbollah to the north you know, they have 100,000 rockets in Lebanon. Congressman McCall says that he and others have been working on a resolution condemning the attacks on Israel and intends to push it to the House floor for unanimous consent whether or not there's a speaker in place. However, former Speaker Kevin McCarthy did say that he would accept the role again for a short time in order to get the resolution passed and give more aid to Israel. At the Capitol, Eric Rosales, EWTN, News Nightly. We turn now to Representative French Hill, Republican from Arkansas and member of the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Congressman Hill, great to see you again. Thank you for your time. Uh, first off, I want to get your reaction uh, to when you first heard about these attacks over the weekend. Well, Tracy, thanks for having me. I thought it was a 9-11 moment 
for Israel. Not in 50 years have they seen this kind of horrendous pre-planned attack by a terror group, Hamas, not since the Yom Kippur War of 1973. And, you know, they killed more Israeli citizens in one day, the first few hours of this attack, than they did in the 50-day struggle uh, between Hamas and Israel back in 2014. So it was horrific. And America stands firmly with our friends and our ally in Israel. I know the uh, House Foreign Affairs Committee issued a statement condemning Hamas uh, for the attack on Israel. We also know the U.S. has moved military ships and an aircraft carrier and jets to the eastern Mediterranean. Talk to us about what this signals and what type of involvement the U.S. plans to play in this conflict. Well, look, we stand at Israel's side, I believe, that moving the USS Gerald Ford uh, aircraft carrier group uh, to the uh, Mediterranean off Israel is smart. It's been doing maneuvers in the East Mediterranean over the last few weeks. I think that sends the right signal. Secondly, uh, uh, Hamas is a recognized terror group. They're backed by Iran. And Hamas and Hezbollah both receive funding from Iran. That's an open source data. We all know that. And certainly uh, the Iranian, uh, have been, Iranians have been very active in Syria and in Lebanon, working with Hezbollah to counter Israel. So the chance of this expanding, I think, is uh, a real risk. And that's why I think quick, prompt, unified action by the United States and Israel are critical here. Also, the country of Qatar, the Altani royal family, which hosts the Hamas leadership in Qatar, they could be very influential here in calling uh, for a cease of terror attacks on Israel by the Hamas terror group. Yeah, one thing I want to touch on, too, uh, as we just heard from Senator Rick Scott uh, in the previous package, uh, he is among those saying that the Biden administration's recent unfreezing of $6 billion for Iran may have played a role in the attack uh, that said the administration has said the funds released in the hostage deal could not have been used in connection to the attacks. All this, as the Wall Street Journal reported, that Iran played a part in plotting this attack. Congressman Hill, a lot to sort out here. What more do you know? Well, look, I think it's completely reasonable that Iran, the principal backer of Hamas, was uh, engaged in this. So the reporting in the Wall Street Journal needs to be verified by both Israeli and American intelligence sources. I'm going to get a briefing in our intelligence uh, committee tomorrow on this. That'll be a primary question, is are the fingerprints of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard, the Quds Force, uh, very much uh, Uh, on this uh, attack on Israel, but it makes complete sense. They want to surround and eliminate Israel from the map, and that's why they control Syria through their puppet, Bashar al-Assad. It's why they control Hamas and the Gaza Strip. And I believe this is a uh, connected directly to the progress that the United States and Israel have made with the kingdom of Saudi Arabia on diplomatic relations and economic relations with Israel. I think this is a key point. This is not in Iran's interest to see Saudi Arabia build a strong rapport uh, with uh, Israel. Well, sir, we thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it. God bless. One other major story tonight, at least 2,000 people are dead following a powerful earthquake 
In Afghanistan, the 6.3 magnitude quake hit a densely populated region in Herat and flattened entire villages. Hundreds are trapped beneath rubble as rescue efforts continue. This is one of the deadliest earthquakes to strike the country in two decades. We have a lot more still to come on EWTN News Nightly, including border battle, a review of the New York City mayor's trip to Latin America and what the Catholic Church teaches about immigration. judge canceled a pro-life event scheduled outside of an abortion clinic in Kansas. The Diocese of Wichita had planned a mass for life this past weekend in front of the Trust Women Clinic. The business filed suit saying the mass would block the only entrance. The Archdiocese of Mexico says the church migrant shelters are overwhelmed. They are calling on all people of goodwill to volunteer and provide aid to people in these shelters. According to officials, more than 400,000 undocumented migrants have been processed so far this year. Well, New York City Mayor Eric Adams says that it is time to get serious about the overflow of migrants entering the United States. We have been treating this major shift in human movement globally like a small coal when in fact it is a major flu. During his trip through Latin America, the mayor met with the foreign minister of Ecuador. Mayor Adams also traveled to Mexico, Colombia, and Panama before returning home. And joining us now is Bishop Mark Seitz of the Diocese of El Paso, Texas, and the chairman of the USCCB's Committee on Migration. Your Excellency, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Uh, the topic of migration certainly uh, seems to be a hot-button topic in the United States and is even causing a divide. However, uh, Catholic social teaching has been rather clear on its stance on the issue. Can you talk to us about that? Yes, well, thank you very much for having me. And um, you're right. Uh, Catholic social teaching, of course, is just an elaboration of what we find in the gospel. As a matter of fact, for those who went to Mass today or read today's uh, gospel reading, we have a pretty good ex example of Jesus' teaching. Uh, the question comes to Jesus, who is my neighbor? And then he gives the parable of the Good Samaritan. So that is the basis for everything we do uh, as Catholic Christians, we try to set aside some of our own, you know, inbuilt kind of fears of the person that we don't know so that we can uh, do what Jesus has called us to do. And we find that when we uh, take the risk, if you will, and follow him, that very often there are great blessings in that experience. Yeah. And, uh, St. Pope John Paul II said that we should defend against, you know, the unjust restriction of migration and give attention to the rights of migrants, even those doing so illegally. Um, that being said, how do we adhere to that uh, when the volume of migrants and their needs really seem to be stretching many cities thin? Uh, we heard from Mayor Eric Adams in New York and then also the mayor of your city in El Paso recently said that they've reached the breaking point. So how do we find a balance? Well, we have to do things smart, right? Uh, we're not going to serve people well if we're not really trying to think about big picture issues and, and trying to uh, adapt the flow in such a way that we can do it in an orderly manner and that people can go to places that have expressed a real need for people to help them in, their, in various jobs that are going unfilled. 
uh, we've been simply sending people to uh, places like New York uh, that have, as they say, reached their capacity uh, and uh, not thinking about how we might help migrants find places where, in fact, they will have a better reception, an opportunity to work and to live, which is all they really, really want. Yeah, and Your Excellency, can you tell us, I mean, from your perspective, the situation in El Paso and also how the church is helping there? One thing to remember about migration is that it is a constantly changing flow. There's, there are surges and then there are uh, moments uh, and times when the numbers go way down. You notice you don't hear about the, them in the news again for a num num number of months. And uh, right now, we may be seeing a bit, little bit of a uh, uh, diminution of the flow. Uh, today, there were something like, well, yesterday, 700 and some encounters along the border near us. But and that sounds like a lot, but it's really quite a bit down from the time just a couple of weeks ago when it was more like 2,000. So we think we may be seeing... Uh, a lessening of that flow even right now. And, and for those who may not know, um, we only have about a minute left or so, but curious, what role does the USCCB play in, in helping to shape or maybe support legislation on issues such as migration? Well, we take the uh, gospel and the church's social teaching and we attempt to uh, address the present day situations in light of that gospel. And uh, so we try to present principles, we form consciences, we don't suggest legislation, but when we see legislation that might uh, either go contrary to that or fulfill it, we express that to our legislators. Your Excellency, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. We really appreciate it. God bless. You're welcome. God bless all of you. Up next on EWTN News Nightly, a gift from God. Pope Francis reminds the faithful of a precious treasure we all possess. Plus, thousands traveled to Lima to venerate the Lord of Miracles. A suspect has been arrested after the theft several months ago of a cross that belonged to Pope Benedict XVI. The 53-year-old was arrested in the Czech Republic. The cross, however, has not yet been recovered. Pope Francis reminds the faithful that our lives and our faith are a gift from God. At a Sunday address to pilgrims at the Vatican, the Holy Father focused on the parable of the wicked tenants. He said greed and being ungrateful are at the root of most conflicts, including those within us. And the way to bring back peace and harmony can be a simple thank you. Thousands participated in La Naval de Mila Festival in the Philippines over the weekend. celebration consists of holy masses and a grand procession of the sacred image. The festival marks the, the naval victory of the Spanish and Filipino Catholic forces against the invading Dutch fleet in 1646. Well, finally tonight, in Peru, thousands participated in the Lord of Miracles procession.
The procession venerated a 17th century image of Jesus painted by a slave from Angola. The painting was carried by the Lord of Miracles Brotherhood. The artwork has survived several earthquakes and is estimated to weigh around two tons. Well, we thank you for watching tonight. Remember, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, X, and Instagram at EWTN News Nightly. I'm Tracy Sable. Good night and God bless. Thank you.